This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. In fashion technology, as well as other industries, every once in a while, there's something that you see that just kind of drops your jaw. Kind of amazing, even though you already knew it existed, to see it in practice, to see it, an application of it, is just so very cool. Recently in New York at Commerce Next, Rob Sanchez and I got to see an application of augmented reality in fashion that is being done by a company that's got some new ideas, a kind of cool vision, and the many applications of their technology that this makes possible. That's all up next. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location. Dahlia, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here on location at Commerce Next. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Uh, I'm Mark Rako, and with me is Rob Sanchez. Hey. How's it going? Uh, augmented reality is certainly one of the things that's all the rage these days, and people are looking at not just how you can do it better and how you can do it different and how you can do it next generation, if you will, but also how are we going to be able to use it because we probably haven't even thought about all the ways it can be used yet. When you did a demo for Rob and I, uh, the demo that we saw was a an animated female figure wearing like a leotard or something standing in the environment that we're in. It was so realistic to me initially that I didn't realize I was looking at AR until I sort of looked around and realized that person didn't exist in our actual real environment. I said, oh, okay, obviously. And then when I looked closer, I saw it was an animated figure. The reason that I bring that up is... Um, that was interesting to me of having at least one momentary suspension of belief. This wasn't me testing out a couch in my living room to see if that color worked. This was inserting a person in my environment where one really wasn't there. And I had to know one wasn't there to know it was AR. So my question is... Where are we on the path right now between trying to fool people into thinking something's there versus giving them a tool to understand what it would be like if someone was there? I, I would say we are very much in the station where you give people the tools to visualize and, uh, and imagine how a certain person, product would look like. And sometimes, indeed, they are very realistic. We did some um, tests where you take a picture of the actual product next to AR version, and it's not trivial to tell which is which. Yeah. You, don't really, you don't really understand. So, so the, um, the level of visualization and realism is actually very, very high. And, um, yeah, it's a very exciting time for AR. So you're partnering with Magic Leap on a few things right now. What are you working on with them? Yes, yeah, so we, um, today we're announcing a use case in fashion with Magic Leap and iCar. So iCar is a producer of uh, seamless garments like uh, shapewear, activewear, intimate apparel, and so on. 
And they, their products can be find in, found in a number of retailers in, in the U.S. and elsewhere, like Macy's, Kohl's, and so on. And uh, with their garments, they are meeting buyers at these companies and presenting them, uh, you know, presenting them their collection. And uh, typically what they've been doing so far is they take uh, one or several samples of the actual garment to feel the fabric and feel, see the style. And uh, then they have a paper catalog which uh, provides all the different variations. And uh, this is a very important part of their business. This is how they sell their products. So they wanted to see if with AR they could enhance it. And the challenge is that uh, with seamless apparel, imagine like a sports bra and so on, if you look at it laying flat or on a hanger, it mm -hmm. doesn't look as appealing as on a human model. Yeah. But to have it on a human model, you have to do a fashion show, you know? So it's actually very resource intensive, cost intensive and so on. So what we did with them is we created these virtual human models that you mentioned, and they, uh, they actually uh, exemplify very well how the garment looks like, and then the buyers can make a decision. And their vision is that they would take a Magic Leap device and view it in the buyer's room to, to understand how these garments would look like. Are you thinking about doing that almost like um, 10, 15, 20 different looks inside of a room that the buyer can navigate? Or are you thinking about doing it like um, when you were showing me, it was you click on this, you can see it in 3D for like a purse or something like that. Is this going to be still a catalog approach or more of a room approach? It's, uh, it's possible to do both, but of course, you know, it's simpler to do a catalog approach mm -hmm. and then you can switch between different uh, models. Yeah, just swipe as you're going to. Yes, and it's actually very uh, interesting that, uh, let's say, iCar doesn't need to produce these garments, you know, because it's very costly to produce it in every variation before you know what the buyer will approve. Yeah. So, so in that way, they're able to demonstrate the whole catalog through yeah. AR. Are you working on different sizes of avatars and so on? So plus size, maybe children and so on. And um, how are you handling the different body types inside of what you're doing with them? Yes, so actually that's a very interesting point. And uh, we started with a few models, uh, but we are getting the feedback that this is actually an excellent application to have you know, plus size models, different body shape models and so on. Yeah. And you can have it, you know much more cost-effectively than you would do actual yeah. human. And how did you build the models? Are you flowing the fabric across them or are you like drawing them out? What's the approach on that? Yeah, so the, the models were built, uh, you know, by 3D designers. And, uh, you know, with clothing, it's still, uh, it's, it's a little bit challenging to, to build it in 3D. But uh, so we built for these specific models how these garments would, f would fit. Mm -hmm. So if we were to take another model, we would need to build as well, how these garments would look like on that. Okay. Uh, Dalia, what exactly is it that you've done that's innovative here? Uh, what I mean is, is, have you created a new way to do augmented reality that no one else has done, let's say, or few have done, that allows you to uh, position or display the AR figures in a certain way? Or is it the way that you're using the AR technology and integrating it into, say, catalog um, applications or, or platforms or whatever? Where, where is the play here the main thing? 
Yes. Uh, so actually, we launched uh, several months ago. We launched a product for retailers. It's called CG Trader Arsenal, and the value of this product is that uh, retailers all they need to do is send their, uh, us the links to their product. So URL links. Mm-hmm. Typically, you have uh, several images and dimensions in these uh, product pages, and then we take care of all the heavy lifting. We create the models, we pro- and we get back to, to them with an embed link, like YouTube link, that you position on your website, and you have a full AR and 3D experience. So actually, the the value of AR in retail it's uh, it's becoming very obvious. But if you are a retailer, you you sometimes have you know thousands or millions of products and that's yeah. a very overwhelming task to convert them to 3D so we are solving this problem for them they don't need to hire you know uh, i don't know hundreds of 3D designers they don't need to hire ar experts it's just as simple as submitting the links to the products and then getting back a full AR experience. Yeah, so you're solving the process piece of this. Got it. Yeah, exactly. As you look at the roadmap ahead, you know, more and more experiences, particularly in online, in online commerce, uh, are designed to be personalized for that consumer. The, the actual online environment sometimes can be adjusted to the, the colors that you want or the experience or even the music that's playing or, or um, the more that the, the, the machine learning uh, does its work, uh, it'll have things that display that are unique to its experience with you and so forth. Okay. So my question is, how are you thinking in terms of the roadmap ahead, being able to customize these displayed AR models to, for example, if you know that the consumer is of a specific ethnicity, hmm. Can you either choose or will it automatically display models of that ethnicity, let's say? Or can are you thinking about the opportunity where people can choose to have, I don't know, their own face, which is easily sampled from photos the available and their own face is displayed and built out in a 3D way on that model? I mean, we're so close to that technology being, you know, technically possible and then just making that small leap into this next. So, so my question is those types of things, how are you thinking about? That's part one of my question. And part two, which we can get to, is I'm, I'm wondering how you're thinking about the apl- application of this technology beyond retailers or brands and even into entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, Sim, are you familiar with SimCity? Yes. Like, like, what if, what if you build SimCity in in your own environment, for example? Just to, that's the first thing that came to mind, is being able to to start putting the people you want into your life. So, yeah. how are you thinking about? Does it go beyond your work with brands? So, that's two questions, I guess. But yes, uh, so I think uh, definitely we uh, we think that uh, the market will go that way for sure, where you can personalize the avatar. You can, uh, you can. You know, maybe automatically uh, choose the skin color and so on. Uh, of course, with clothing, there are still some challenges. I think uh, the holy grail is being able to showcase the clothes on your your body shape or your body. I think uh, once, I mean, it's, this is many people are trying to solve this, and this is of course what we are thinking as well. And um, this is, I think, 
would be it would change the fashion industry and uh, and the landscape of fashion e-commerce. Well, especially if you think about all these custom fit companies that have created bodies have body scans of you or whatever. Yeah. I, it would seem inevitable to be able to take that data and build a 3D model based on your literal body shape and have that's what's displayed, which yes. for many people may be very disappointing and disturbing. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but imagine how many problems that would solve because fashion is notorious for the return rates, right? I mean, some uh, companies report 50% return rate and then you can't you know, maybe these clothes were on sale, you can't resell them again at the same price or they are damaged or something like that. So having something like that would definitely, I think it's, uh, it's the future and this is, uh, it will transform the fashion industry for sure. Are you looking at any of the digital products that are doing more like um, pattern making where you stitch the seams together with specific types, you flow the fabric over them based on... Um, attributes of the fabric and so on. I think um, CLO3D is the mm -hmm. name of the company. Are you looking at any of those as a tool set for what you're doing or are you trying to develop that um, So yourself? our designers uh, rely on, I think, marvelous uh, designer for clothing. CLO3D, mm -hmm. I might be mistaken, but as far as I know, it's more for the production process yeah. when you are producing the garments. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so we, of course, we are trying to look all the time at the innovations there. We are not trying to develop everything in the house. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then back to my second question, which is how, if at all, are you looking at being able to take this technology and apply it to other types of industries, not, not specifically uh, apparel fit or display? Yes. So actually, we, uh, we run the world's largest uh, marketplace of stock 3D models. And so we have more than 850,000 3D models in our platform. Mm -hmm. So especially in entertainment, when you are developers are building a game or something like that, they can use these models and, uh, and have them uh, you know, save the money, save the budget, save time and so on. In fact, we just heard that one of our customers produced a film with CG Trader models and saved $1 million in budget. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's, uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a massive saving. So. I still, I still, this is a little outside of what you do, but I just have to say, I'm still firmly believe in our lifetime, we will see a major star. I'm going to use Arnold Schwarzenegger as an example. Arnold Schwarzenegger will be completely scanned in every way. His voice will be deeply sampled. And then uh, Paramount Pictures will buy him out for $400 million to be able to do up to 10 films or unlimited films using that data that will be able to recreate him in such realism that it's like you're going to see an unlimited number of, yeah. of uh, I think I truly believe that will be the future of celebrity is to you know well I just saw a tech that actually from a one minute sample of conversation or even less literally from like a couple vowels they can now reverse engineer your entire voice print Yes. And um, on that side, it's, it's deep fakes and, yeah. and voice. Yeah. Too, yeah. I completely agree with you guys. I think this we will see this uh, in, you know, in uh, several up to 10 years. And I think it will open up another, um, you know, another possibility. So you will have to really trust the devices that show you augmented reality. Because let's say you are walking with the glasses. 
and you see, you know, a tree in front of you. Is it real? Or is it not real? You yeah, need no. to go around or not? So it's, uh, you know, now we have fake news, but in the future we fake have reality. fake world. Yes, yeah. so it's very, very, you know, it's well, very interesting. My belief is that Wally was predictive, not just entertainment, and um, we're very, very close. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and the Matrix maybe a little bit too. <laughs> Coming up, you'll hear Dahlia share how her company is uh, gathering the data to create models that represent uh, the people that are out there and the types of apparel that should be displayed right after this. Entrepreneurista. A woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entreprenistapodcast.com. Dahlia, uh, if you've got such an incredibly huge library of 3D models, uh, how are you collecting the data? This can't just come straight out of people's imaginations. There must be sampling that's done out there. There must be um, photography of people or observation or uh, research into uh, different types of apparel that are out there. Uh, and so forth. How how are these models ultimately created? What's going into the decision making that you know the design of this apparel that this model is going to wear is appropriate for that model and what this model's looks are. Number one and number two, depending on where your market is, you know a retail brand that's prevalently in the deep south. It's going to be a different kind of person than people that are in, say, San Francisco, physically. Yes. And and the type of apparel will be different. Um, you're going to have different people in um, Copenhagen than you're going to have in America. Uh, people are going to look different. They're going to be a different physique. They're going to be wearing different kinds of things. So my question is, is how, from what you understand about the way it's done, how is that data captured and then it goes to the designers that are then creating those models so the models that are used start at a baseline of being realistic and are they cataloged in terms of their uh, geographic relevance and mm -hmm. things like that 
Yes, yeah, so on our marketplace, we have, uh, you know, hundreds, thousands of 3D models, and they represent anything from human to plants to animal, anything. Okay. And um, the we rely on the designer's creativity in uh, getting these 3D models created. So designers are extremely creative people, and they come up with uh, very, very interesting concepts, uh, models, humans, characters, cartoonish characters, anything you might think of. So, so for that, we create a very good environment for designers. We provide very uh, strong incentives for them. And we also share the data, what models are in demand. So let me uh, give you an example. Several years ago, our, uh, one of the top-selling uh, model, 3D model on CG Trader was hops. You know, it's uh, basically a plant that you use for beer manufacturing. Hops, yeah. 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 And... Uh, Interesting. Uh, the reason, you know, you wouldn't think about it, but the, actually, in, in advertising industry, they do a lot of beer ads, right? And yep. you will not go and try to find this hop somewhere in nature and shoot it with a photography and so on. So it's, it's you know, that type of data we share with 3D designers so that then they can create what's in demand. We interviewed the CEO of Clippin a little while ago, which is basically um, creating an environment where photographers and videographers can go out and shoot work that then um, stock. become stock footage and images. Is that a similar model here where you're creating that environment where someone who's interested in 3D design can basically play and then release that into the ecosystem and you're doing the discoverability on top of that? Yes, exactly. So if, you, if you're if you a 3D designer and you have models that you created maybe for fun or maybe you did it, uh, you know, it's your hobby, you like to create, let's say, certain animals, then you can uh, upload them on CG Trader and make money off that. You know, it's a really, it's a, it's a good revenue stream and you are doing what you love. Okay. Yeah. Um, where are you seeing the platform grow and expand? If you're playing right now with apparel and... Um, fashion objects, um, purses, and so on that are specific to a certain SKU. Um, are you seeing that becoming a, a larger revenue stream inside of the company, or is this sort of a diversification of what you're doing? How, do, how does this play into the overall vision? Yes, yeah, so we, uh, we have the stock model marketplace business, which is, uh, continues to grow. And the last year, we realized the opportunity in e-commerce. So that's why we built CG Trader Arsenal, and, uh, uh, you know, we are targeting retailers. And uh, we see that this can explode. Because yeah. uh, the it's already becoming a must. And still not many people have that available. So I would say the first market that is adopting is definitely furniture and home decor. I don't think in, you know, one... Um, maybe even one year or even sooner, maybe you, you will probably not buy furniture that you can't visualize because yeah. the experience is such so much better mm -hmm. when you can see yeah. it in your room. So they need to convert their, their products to 3D models and fast. I actually have a friend who um, has a company that they just close funding, but you draw the furniture in the space and they automatically create it for you. Wow. And they create it locally and it's shipped to your house. It's crazy. That's amazing. Where they're using um, excess capacity on CNC machines to create what you're drawing. Okay. So it's, it's pretty brilliant. Sounds uh, very yeah. interesting. Um, that's great. What, for you, what excites you about the future of AR and these models that you're creating? 
I think we are very early on the next wave of computing, which is AR. And uh, I think that uh, 3D models, will it's the next wave of content, will replace images and uh, videos in some cases. So this is, you know, it's, it's just the beginning and it's really very exciting to be at the forefront of this and see how people adopt the technology. So with um, your partnership with Magic Leap, they're kind of trying to move the bar on the technology that's doing the display. Is there any um, technology barrier right now beyond computing power that you see? Um, and like, what needs to be solved? So um, we collaborate with Magic Leap on iCar um, opportunity. Un unpack that a little bit for those that are not familiar with that. Yes, yeah, so iCar is a, is a producer of garments, apparel, sportswear, very high quality, seamless clothing. And um, so they sell to these uh, buyers in Macy's, Kohl's, and other companies. And they wanted to present it better in a meeting and, yeah. uh, and showcase how the, these uh, garments look like. So we created the 3D models on a human model. And uh, the, you know, they, their vision is to use Magic Leap to showcase that. Yeah. Um, what technology do you see needing to be... Um, added or changing the ecosystem is there anything that you wish existed that hasn't been created yet that would help you move your business I think there is so much that needs to be done so we are of course very closely following uh, Magic Leap, Apple, Google as they uh, perfect their platforms and their devices so I think there is still you know, plenty of space to develop there and um, in, in terms of uh, 3D of course, you know, uh, more realistic uh, tools to, to do clothing. That's, mm -hmm. I think, very important. And um, on the more kind of uh, operational level, we see that uh, creating 3D content is still a major road, uh, bottleneck. And that's mm -hmm. why we think that we can help there. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Dolly, just to round out this particular segment, um, what is your, you know, your CEO of a company that's got some momentum here, uh, what has been your path that has led you to be in this position to be leading what can really be a game-changing company, or perhaps what is a game-changing company, and um, uh, that's, you know, large enough to have that amount of catalog of 3D models, which takes some time and resources to create. Uh, what's been your path? And the reason I'm asking the question, other than just getting to know you a little bit better, is I'm, I'm interested in, in the lens through which you are looking based on your experiences. Yeah. So my personal path before CG Trader, I initially worked in finance, but uh, very quickly I decided that you know internet and technology is the future. So I launched uh, one uh, ride-sharing startup back in 2007. It failed, and then I launched another startup in social media analytics, which also didn't work out. But uh, through that experience, I learned really a lot in, in, in many fields, how you actually grow the company, how you reach out to first customers and so on. And when I joined CG Trader, it was actually very, you know, it, it was, um, I mean, you do build a lot of knowledge from these uh, failures and these attempts or the, the, way, the way you call it. And uh, CG Trader was founded by Marus. Uh, he's a 3D designer himself. So we had a very good combination that, you know, we understood both the technology behind it and also how do you build the business from scratch. Mm -hmm. 
this is a little bit different, but I'm gonna. Look, I like to talk about the more human side of Dahlia here, uh, a little bit less uh, about your company. Hi, I'm Roseanne Gold. I'm a chef, an author, a food writer, and the host of a new podcast called One Woman Kitchen. So excited to be doing this because I'm interviewing the most fascinating women in the food world. And you don't even have to be interested in the food world or be part of it to enjoy these remarkable women's stories. It's diverse, it's international, it's intergenerational. What's most exciting to me is that the concept of one woman kitchen means something different for everyone. You can listen to One Woman Kitchen every week at onewomankitchenshow.com and also where all the best podcasts can be found. AR is uh, is it's not the exact same thing as animation necessarily. It can be animated, I guess. But uh, my question is, what's an animated film that you've seen in your life, even as a child, that inspired you the most? Oh, that's very interesting. So before CG Trader, I didn't know that much about this uh, this industry, and uh, I didn't know that you know you can do that, and you you you. Um, I mean, how you create 3D models and so on. But uh, when I joined CG Trader, for me, the most inspiring part is actually seeing what our designers come up with. So now, of course, when I look anything, when I watch any animated like Jungle Book or something like that, you see how much, what kind of craftsmanship and what kind of talent is there. You see it with oh, yeah. a different lens. It's, you know, it's, it's yeah. unbelievable where technology is right now. I just think about the math problem on the hair in The Incredibles yeah. and the like getting um, the, the girl with the force fields, I can't remember her name, um, getting her hair, they had to actually build an algorithm that modeled how hair moves on a human's head. Or yeah. else it looked weird. So, yeah, yeah, hair is very difficult, very yeah. difficult. You wouldn't think uh, fur, you know, very difficult also yeah. to make realistically. I, I think of all the... Um, all the films out there that have led someone to create an innovation in computing and in animation and uh, in order to, to make a, a scene come to life or a character come to life. I think of, I forget which one it was, but there was also a, I think it was for um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. I think they, to create the lion for that, they also had created new types of algorithms for yeah. the way that the, the, the hair on the lion and the muscles moved and everything, too. Yeah. And the other one that's interesting is it goes all the way back. So um, I was walking down the street, and they have those um, the pay phones now on the street that have the screens on them. And the factoid that was displayed was that in, during World War II, the Navy actually um, stationed guards around the stage um, for some of the theater performances because they were studying the mechanics of how they raised and lowered the floors for use in the boats. Okay. So just fascinating how like yeah. <laughs> entertainment has driven so much innovation. Ain't things. that the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then since you're playing right now with objects that don't exist, what's an object for you that has been important that 
um, maybe from childhood or from some other experience that is something that matters a lot to you that's tangible? I think that uh, if you think about physical objects uh, from childhood, you have some uh, objects that are so emotionally charged for you. So I actually just visited my great-grandmother's house mm -hmm. and I brought like a chair, a child's chair that I used to sit on, yeah. you know, and I brought it home. And uh, for me, it's like, I, I love that chair, you know, it's like, it's my childhood, we used to sit on it. Yeah. But my husband looked at it and it's like, you know, it's like old, broken, uh, yeah. you know, dirty <laughs> and everything. But you actually feel uh, very much attached to it. I think, uh, I mean... You know, I, I, we grew, I was born in the Soviet Union, so we didn't have endless supply of things. And some things that you have, you actually can, you get attached very much. Okay. Yeah. If you were to reflect on our conversation, Dahlia, and have maybe one or two sentences that you'd like to leave behind to the listener, one last thought you'd like to leave behind, what would it be? I would say that if you are in retail and if you're in furniture, home decor or selling physical objects, I think you need to definitely invest in AR and now, you know, it's, it's happening. Uh, I think it will be, you will soon be left behind. And on the other side, uh, I think that there, there are a lot of opportunities in AR in, and I think there might be some companies that will be created based on that, on, on AR, providing better experiences, uh, in e-commerce purely because they invest early in AR. Thank you. And how can people connect with you directly? Yeah, so uh, our company name is CG Trader. We have a website, cgtrader.com. And if they want to reach out to me, it's dalia at cgtrader.com. That's D-A-L-I-A? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Dalia, thank you so much for joining us. Um, very interesting conversation looking at something we don't talk a lot about a lot, which is the actual modeling within AR. So uh, best of luck to you, and uh, great talking to you here on location at Commerce Next. Thank you very much. It was great to talk to you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. That's it for this episode. For Rob Sanchez. Good night, y'all. I'm Mark Rako. Have a wonderful day. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.